Welcome to Two Nutrition Gals and a Mike podcast with Kim and Suzanne. Kim is a registered dietitian and Suzanne is a licensed functional nutrition coach. We're two nutrition professionals with a passion for educating folks about the power diet and lifestyle choices have on our mental and physical wellness. Our goal for this podcast is to present information about common and sometimes not so common health and wellness issues and provide a perspective that may differ somewhat from what we've learned from conventional medicine. It's pretty informal, sometimes a little goofy, but always informative. That we can promise. Keep in mind, though, this podcast is for educational purposes only. It's not meant to treat, diagnose, or replace medical care. That being said, let's dive into our next episode. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode two of Two Nutrition Gals and a Mic. Mm-hmm. We're I'm, back. I'm here with Kim again. Yeah. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we made it through our first one. Just a few minor, few minor tech difficulties. Tongue in cheek minor. Yeah, they didn't <laughs> seem very minor in the moment. And yeah, I swear to God, recording it, we were stressed recording it, but that was way easier than trying to get it posted. But uh, anyway, we figured it out for the most part. And actually, we got some pretty good feedback, which was really encouraging. Yes, um, people were really excited, so that that made us feel pretty good. Mm. So for this episode today, we're going to tackle constipation, getting down and dirty. Getting down and dirty, this the one. taboo topic. Yeah, taboo, taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it. Um, if you struggle with constipation... Or in what we consider kind of not having a number two every day, you're actually not alone. Up to 28% of people in North America are affected by constipation. And with that, and this to me is a startling number, over $725 million are spent on laxatives every year. That's a problem for a few reasons, but we'll look at that, or we'll get into that a little later in the episode. Uh, from a functional nutrition standpoint, for for me and also, but it's the same. It's the same for you. I mean, we both are on the same page. We really think it's super important to be eliminating at least once a day, uh, and actually more is even better in some cases. Bowel transit time is the time it takes for food to move through your digestive tract. I'm struggling with that word, digestive tract. Yeah. Um from when it's first put in your mouth to the time it comes out the other end. And optimal bowel transit time is 12 to 24 hours. But if you're only moving your bowels every few days, it becomes an issue because the uh, byproducts generated from just the normal metabolic processes and detoxification in your body stay in there too long. So I heard a great topic, um, or a great quote on the topic by Dr. Jeffrey Bland. He says, if you're not detoxing daily, then you're retoxing daily. Um, because essentially toxins that aren't leaving your body are left to sit in the large intestine and they can be reabsorbed into the bloodstream and recirculated throughout the body. And added to that, waste products that just sit in the colon also feed bad bacteria, which can cause a whole host of issues. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's not good. So we're going to kind of talk about why it's not good and ways you can overcome it. So first though, Kim, give us your definition of constipation. What is it? Uh, The clinical definition of constipation is less than three bowel movements a week. I think Suzanne and I both agree that that's um, 
not enough and that we should all be striving to go more often than that. Having said that, we also recognize everyone is different and being constipated to you may be less than five to six bowel movements a week or less than two or three a day. To have such a specific definition of constipation is not helpful in my opinion. The important thing that we should be focusing on is how you are feeling. For example, if you are experiencing bloating, the feeling of your bowels not being completely emptied, your stool is dry or hard, or your bowel movements are painful or difficult to pass, you are likely constipated. Yeah, and you you may not, again, meet the necessarily the clinical definition of constipation, but the fact that you are experiencing those things are an issue, are a problem you should be paying attention to. So don't think that if you're going more than three times a week that you can't be constipated because you can. There is a chart, it's called the Bristol Stool Chart, Mm -hmm. and it literally is pictures of stool stool. in different (laughs) textures, not to be gross, but that's what it is. So if you're curious to find out whether or not you think you may be constipated, you can look that up. And what we're striving for is um, a number three or a number four in that chart. Um, Regardless of what your bowel pattern is, one fact is certain. The longer you go before you go, the more difficult it will be to go. (laughs) Suzanne? Why is this a problem? Why do we need to go uh, regularly? So, as Kim asked, why is it a problem? Uh, Simply put, it's kind of our standpoint that if you're not moving your bowels at least daily, um, it can cause issues and your health can be affected. It may not seem like a big deal because you may not notice any um, kind of Uh, rippling effects of it instantly but over time it can definitely be a catalyst for some real problems in your body Um, if you if you kind of take the the standpoint if you think about it stool is made up of toxins and metabolic waste from the body and a bowel movement is how we're able to get that shite literally out of your body or yeah out of our systems and and gone so if we're not going to the bathroom daily Um, and again, may not meet the constipation technical definition or clinical definition, but if you're not going to the bathroom daily, then those toxins and wastes products are staying in your body, which I can guarantee you that's, it's not good. Um, the, the reason for this or, or kind of the, the impact it has, um, our bodies are amazing and they're always poised and at the ready to maintain balance in there. Um, when it has foreign things inside like the wastes and toxin it tends to spring into action and react it wants to save you from the bad stuff so the way it does this is by increasing inflammation the time it takes for the body to react to this sort of thing will be different for everyone some people it'll be more immediate others it might take longer Um, but but a problem is because the reactions don't tend to be immediate we we tend not to associate these problems with insufficient bowel activity um, so, so we don't, we kind of don't chalk things up to any problems really being caused necessarily by constipation or not having gone to the bathroom every day. Um, I really think it's a good habit for everyone to get into, as weird as this sounds, keeping track or paying better attention to how many times you are going to the bathroom 
daily or but or weekly or or just in general, um, especially if you are struggling with things like fatigue, leaky gut, joint pain, hormonal imbalances, uh, poor new sorry poor nutrient absorption, um, even mood disorders can be affected by this or caused by it or made worse, tissue damage, bacteria imbalance, even things that uh, are really super serious, uh, bowel blockage or perforation, uh, those tend to happen with more consistent constipation, but they're all very real possibilities. And if left to continue and you do end up you know, becoming more constipated or aren't, you know, have a lack of daily bowel activity, it can contribute to more serious illness and disease. Systemic inflammation is the start or trigger for most disease, cardiovascular, autoimmune diseases, even cancer. The inflammation, um, which isn't just a result of, of constipation alone, there are many other reasons why somebody might have chronic inflammation, but constipation just adds a little more to that bug, uh, that bucket uh, and can trigger and turn on the genes responsible for these more serious health conditions. It's uh, very much dependent on the individual, but it, it really doesn't matter who the individual is. It's, not, it's just not a good thing for anyone. Um, it's, and I think probably an important note to make is that these, these major issues aren't going to happen just simply because you've missed going to the bathroom once in one day, but constipation is a condition that develops over time. And the more it, it continues and the longer it continues, the more trouble and damage it can cause to the body. So um, think of it as a puzzle. It's a piece of the puzzle. Right, right. Um, And again, the toxic load in your body really does contribute to um, a a great deal to the trigger of some of these illnesses that people are predisposed to. So anytime that you've got something lingering in there that's not supposed to be in there, your body is going to do its magic to try and save you from that. So, um, which is in effect, kind of reacting and causing, like I said, inflammation. Uh, a special shout out to all the ladies out there. There's my dog. Have a nice little shake. Um, daily bowel movements are particularly important for women because excess estrogen is excreted in the stool. After estrogen is metabolized in the liver, the estrogen byproducts are quote unquote packaged to be eliminated from the body via the stool. If they're not eliminated daily, these packages uh, can actually be broken apart and allowed to recirculate in the body. It not only increases the estrogen levels that you have, higher than what they should be, which is not a good thing, but this excess estrogen is far more potent and dangerous when allowed to go back through the body a second time. So really, this could be an entire episode all on its own, and it's a you can get down this uh, rabbit hole, and and it, it can go on for a long time. But just know that as a woman, and please pass this along to your daughters, it's extra important to make sure that you're having at least one bowel movement every day. Uh, okay, so I think that's pretty clear why it's very clear. Yes, um, big deal, really big deal. Um, so. Kim is going to talk a little about the causes of constipation. So the number one cause of constipation, in my opinion, is our diet. Fiber is uh, 
an effective way to prevent constipation. Um, so lack thereof in our, in our diet. Um, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Uh, lack of exercise. So if we're not moving our bodies, then we're not moving. Probably uh, it's not helping our bowels move either. Stress, which contributes to many, many Everything. problems. And it, constipation is not excluded. Change of routine. So if you change your diet or you travel. Yeah, travel's a big one for me. Shift work. People that work shift work are susceptible to constipation because they're changing their sleep patterns and likely their diets. Hormonal changes can contribute to constipation. So progesterone relaxes your muscles. So uh, progesterone is a hormone, um, including the muscles in your intestine that are responsible for moving its contents along. So if those muscles are relaxed, the contents sit there and become hard. Good explanation, or yeah, that that's a good explanation for when most people have so, or why most people have so many problems with constipation during pregnancy. Exactly, yeah, your progesterone is pretty high when you're pregnant. So before and during your menstrual cycle as well. Yeah. So though your progesterone levels go up, so you know if you find that before your period you get constipated, that's why. Endometriosis, which is a disorder. in which tissue similar to the tissue that forms the lining of your uterus grows outside of your uterine cavity. This tissue or lesions um, can put pressure on your rectum, can make your rectum stiff, making passing stool difficult, and sometimes can be very painful. Pregnancy, Suzanne, you talked about that. Uh, Menopause also, and that all goes Hmm. to hormonal changes in our body that can contribute aging age (laughs) yeah aging everything slows down uh medications can contribute to constipation it's a fairly you know large population i think that are on medications that make you more susceptible to constipation some examples are opioids which are pain medications diuretics which are medications to help with high blood pressure kidney problems and it manages is your fluid levels so it basically gets your kidneys to excrete more water and then therefore there's less water available in your intestinal tract making your stool harder you you become one or two on the bristol chart yes. i think is the, yes. the direction yep. you end up going um calcium channel blockers which are high blood pressure and heart medications antacids that can contain aluminum so Galviscon, Mylanta, the Walmart brand Equate, those antacids contain aluminum, and aluminum um, contributes to constipation as well as... It's, it's, it adds to your toxic load. Yeah, toxic, there's, there's other reason reasons you want those. to yeah. avoid aluminum. Yeah. So some aluminum-free antacids are Rolaids and Tums. If you need one, then, you know, try and pick those ones. Pay attention to your ingredient list, which is another thing I'm always telling everybody. Yeah. Iron supplementation. So women, a lot of women are on iron supplementation because of menstruation. They have the risk of becoming anemic, and iron is a way to counteract that. But one of the side effects of iron supplementation is constipation. Antidepressants. Um, antidepressants work by affecting the nerve endings in the brain 
and it also can affect the nerve endings in your intestine, causing the risk of constipation to go up. Some epilepsy meds can contribute. Medical conditions can contribute to constipation, so uh, neurological disorders like Parkinson's or MS, so anywhere where those signals may get disrupted or slowed can contribute to constipation. People that are, you know, like spinal cord injuries oh yeah oh um, and again because they can't move right they yeah. they're not able to move the same way that you and i can do so yeah that that must be a big big right. deal for them yeah so um those are kind of the more common reasons that you might find you're getting conservation i'm sure there's more but uh we just wanted to touch on a few so that you could be aware of the potential causes and it kind of speaks to the the um Percentage, the large percentage of people, and why it is such an issue with folks because it covers, it's caused by so many different things, so or it can be caused by can, so many things. Yeah. So now uh, we know what constipation is, but how do we overcome it? If we find ourselves constipated, what can we do? So, solutions. This is where the fun part comes into it for Kim and me. Um, a, a good way to look at it is to use food as medicine. So this is something we're always beefing up or, or promoting to people how important it is and how easy it is to do it. Even though the typical diet these days is certainly less than ideal for promoting daily bowel movements, there are really so many simple things we can do that will help get you into a daily dumping routine. <laughs> uh And the great thing about all of this is it's actually quite easy to improve your bowel habits and even eliminate constipation through diet and lifestyle modifications. The added bonus is that these recommendations aren't just going to improve bowel and health, sorry, bowel health and function, but they're also going to improve overall health and they will leave you feeling so much better. So our top recommendations for getting those bowels moving more frequently and more regularly, uh, number one, water, water, water. This has become my mantra to anyone around me who will listen. Increasing your daily water intake will make a huge difference in the regularity of your bowel function and therefore increase toxin removal from your body. With more water in your body, stools will be softer and it's really that simple there it'll soften them and they'll move more freely and easily through your system my recommendation uh that i i give to anyone who will listen is to drink half your weight in ounces every day and increase that amount of course if you're exercising or doing a lot of sweating and you're in the summer times where you know it's warmer uh I like to think of it, I spent a lot of years and never drank even a glass of water. So it's always, I think of it as a challenge, an ongoing challenge. And and understand too that you have to start, that you have have a starting point and it may take a little while to get there. But that half your weight in ounces is a great um, goal or a great um, kind of metric for you. A water tracker app is actually a great idea for keeping track of it, and it does help significantly to remind you to drink and also keep track of how much you're drinking daily because it does take a little while. Um, Also, be sure to only count water and herbal tea. 
It's fine to drink other liquids for sure, but only unsweetened, non-caffeinated beverages can't, should count toward your water goal. Yeah. So definitely... Not saying you can't have your morning coffee. Nope. Or your caffeinated tea or, or your glass of orange juice. You just can't count it towards your water intake. Yeah, yeah, because it's those aren't going to do the same things in your body as water does. Yeah. Think of cleaning yourself out. Yeah, just like the washing machine. Just like right? the washing machine. <laughs> or scrubbing out, yeah. Scrubbing, yeah. just, you're not going to use dirty water to wash, or... You're not going to use coffee to clean right. your jeans. exactly. It's not going to hurt your jeans necessarily, right. but... You're not gonna, um, it's not going to clean it. It's not going to reach the goal of what it's trying to do. So, um, yeah, so that's the first one. Um, the second one is to use your food as medicine. So we spoke a little bit earlier about the causes of constipation, and, and I alluded to diet being probably the number one cause. Fiber is a very effective way to... Um, prevent constipation it adds bulk and it can absorb uh, water and allow the stool to be softer a lot of us turn to laxatives perhaps as a first uh, go-to to solve our constipation but we want you to use your food so ways to increase your fiber would be to increase your um, fruit and vegetable intake to four to five servings every day as a minimum. Um, this will work wonders to help getting things moving. You can also add other fiber options such as chia seeds, flax, hemp, psyllium. They will do the trick. They, they work very well. So think of this fiber as acting as a brush for the inside of your bowels, and it gently cleans cleans you out as it moves along, and ensuring that things don't get left behind and stuck. <laughs> Almost like a pot scraper, you know, the scraper that you use yeah, to scrape yeah. the edges of your pots and yeah. stuff. So the one tip I will give you about increasing fiber in your diet is to do it slowly. Um, if you dump a bunch of fiber into your body that you normally don't, uh, you good. likely will experience some uncomfortable symptoms such as bloating and gas, and this is a normal process for the body. Um, the key would be to um, start slowly. So if you've increased fiber in, in your diet and you're experiencing those symptoms, please don't stop. Just cut back on how much you take, and eventually your body will adapt to the added fiber to your diet, and you those symptoms won't appear. Additionally, you need to go back to what Suzanne talked about and, and make sure you're drinking sufficient amounts of water. Fiber absorbs liquid, like I said, and if you don't have enough liquid in there, it can actually kind of turn to cement and actually can contribute to constipation. So very important that you drink sufficient amount of water. Okay, so I'm going to go back to um, our number three one. I'm back to stress. Uh, a good way to help with regular bowel function or action um, is to get a handle on your stress. Stress really is a significant contributor to constipation. Um, but I guess really what what doesn't stress affect? I think we've said yeah. that several times. Yeah. but. When we're stressed, our sympathetic nervous system is activated and the body goes into survival, fight or flight mode. And it's not a conscious thing, it just automatically does that. That's why you feel so revved up. 
When you're in this state, the body will direct all resources to those systems needed for immediate survival. Heart, lungs, muscles. Digestion really isn't considered to be a necessary thing, function for immediate survival, so it's slowed down significantly when you're stressed. Um, If you think of it, if you're being chased by a tiger, having good digestion isn't really going to help you get away from that tiger or help save you. So if you're not having daily bowel movements or constipation is an issue for you, we highly recommend you pay attention and learn to better manage your stress because it will make a difference. Uh, one One of my favorite ways to do this is through meditation. It's certainly a really great place to start. It's probably one of the easiest places to start in terms of time commitment. Uh, I was for sure a huge skeptic at first, but I'm a full believer in how amazing meditation can be in helping to manage stress. So I actually just did a, a meditation challenge uh, mostly to, or, or the, the kind of driver for it was to help get me back into the uh, habit of doing it. So um, I can happily say I have now been over two weeks every day, and and it helps. So um, understand too, it's not a an immediate fix. I mean, you're going to feel great after ten minutes of meditation, but it's not going suddenly. You're not going to be running to the bathroom. On a regular basis after one day of yeah. of meditating. Well, uh, it's like anything you do. It takes practice. Meditation's no different. So don't get discouraged if you're not getting obvious things from it initially. Yeah. And also not, again, they're not immediate. So you, no. will, you will feel good, but it's, it's not going to move your bowels after one 10-minute no. meditation no. Uh, and, session. And yeah. You will get better at it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, as you said, with anything else, it's it's a practice. Practice makes perfect, but also practice, it will add every little bit. Every day will will add to it. And eventually, um, I think you'll, uh, eventually, I just think you'll notice you'll, there will be an improvement for eventually sure. Eventually, you'll crave it. Yeah, you will. Yeah, you totally will because it'll feel so good. And it's almost that they, in terms of the constipation thing or the bowel activity, I think it's almost like a, um, like a second bonus right it's not it's not something where again you're not going to go running to the bathroom but uh it is one of the uh yeah exactly and a and a side benefit of it for sure so so yeah yeah so uh number four suggestion on how to overcome constipation is that when nature calls to answer the call that's a big one for a lot of people right well it's i know you know it doesn't always come at the you know most convenient time maybe you're on an airplane maybe you're you know in a busy mall but or somebody who doesn't like going to the bathroom not in your bathroom not your public washrooms right? yeah, yeah that's a that's a big thing it's something you should really try and avoid doing because um, your body will eventually stop sending the signals you have to go and then the stool sits there and just gets hard and then you know you're all you're, the other things we talk about yeah. Well, your rectum can stretch, uh, having it, you know, over full, and none of that is conducive to having a normal bowel movement. So try and resist the urge to hold it. Uh, you know, obviously there may be times when you have to. We can't just, you know, go to the bathroom wherever we want. We're not a dog. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
<laughs> we don't have those benefits. <laughs> but you want to make sure to pay attention to when your body has those urges yeah. as much as you can. And, and and reduce it as much as you can. We all do it. Everybody's in the same boat. So, you know, we should try and go when we can, when we need to. Children especially will hold their bowel movements uh, for lots of different reasons, um, but it's a one of one of which might be when parents are saying, "Oh, you just gotta hang on, yeah, just hang on." Exactly. Which we don't. So we don't. Can do you just hold it till we get yeah, home? Yeah, exactly. Sometimes that's just not, especially with kids, because then it, it becomes. Yeah, we really, really should habit. try and resist the urge to make them feel like <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> resist the urge to tell them not to tell them to resist the urge <laughs> yeah answer the call um, you know we got busy lives I know I've probably been guilty of it trying to get somewhere on time and Kim wanna... doesn't like to go to the bathroom on an airplane no I will dehydrate before I have to do that part of that is claustrophobia but it's not a good it, certainly don't do that if you're fine then you know, but yeah, and somebody it, who struggles with these problems, this it, is somebody who's especially, uh, it would behoove them to especially listen to your body. Yes. Yes. Right. And, and your kids, you need to leave by, lead by example. So again, like Suzanne said, we don't want to shame them or make them feel like it's an inconvenience to allow them to go to the washroom. It, it is what it is. And we, we need to answer that call when it comes. Yeah. And teach them to do the same for sure. So Next up is move your body. Kim mentioned it before as a reason for constipation. So it's not surprising that moving your body and making sure that you're actually physically moving your body. uh, In doing so, you will encourage your bowels to move just naturally. Um, As Kim, Kim, you mentioned when we were talking that just even standing. Yeah, gravity. Gravity alone will help help force that or or Move encourage on. that to keep yep. going so um and i'm not talking about um i'm not talking about running a marathon or climbing a mountain i mean those are wonderful things if that's what you do but that's not the point here the point is just to actually move your body around because in moving it it encourages things to move through um and, and it's just that simple i mean it really is that simple so just like water tracking your activity even if it's just your steps um And try to move your body, I mean, it's ideal if you could try to move your body 15, 20 minutes every day, but that's not just for constipation, that's really good for everything. But but if you track it, then again, you know that you're doing it all the time. So if you sit at a desk all day long, you're going to want to kind of remind yourself or set a reminder or something to get up and walk around after about an hour. So even, yeah, just, just little things like that really will do the trick. Uh, a yoga class is also, um, that's actually very beneficial to your bowels. Excuse me, among other things, it's also a um, great for stress. So it's like a twofer, a twofer, a twofer one. <laughs> uh, and incorporating this into your daily routine, again, like I said, it's not going to only help your bowels. It's going to just help your stress levels. It's, it's help, it helps a lot of things. So um so these recommendations, they really do work wonders. So you really should expect wonders uh, as long as you're uh, c- commit yourself to do or commit to doing these things for yourself and you're consistent. Um, they're not going to be immediate. 
there yeah, again the same as what i said with meditation you're not going to be running to the bathroom but if you're patient and consistent over time it will help um and and i think in some in many cases you want to make sure that you're doing them slowly as kim said five or you have to be really careful don't i tend to be an all-in person so looking for that instant gratification and this setting yourself up for failure totally if you do that if you totally. dump a bunch of fiber into you and you go out walking for an hour the next day you're going to be bloated and gassy and, and maybe even will be sore maybe constipated and be like, right maybe I'm even worse constipated so and you'll be like this isn't working no, this isn't for me so no and then you won't keep doing it small right? changes consistently over time can lead to big results yeah yeah so uh it's very important to remember that and very important to remember that um it will it will help you continue, and it's also going to just make things better. Uh, okay, moving on. So now there are times where we these these are all great things to do. Your lifestyle changes, your food changes. Those are really really great things. But sometimes you're in a position when you start that you're far enough along and the constipation's bad enough that you just can't wait for these slow changes. changes. So. Kim, what can we do when we get to that point? There are lots of medications out there that um, you can turn to to use for constipation. So laxatives, enemas, stool softeners, suppositories, and even some herbal teas. They're actually quite effective. I've used those. They're, yes, they're great. they can be very effective. Yep. The, actually, all of these are usually quite effective, and they usually work relatively quickly compared to some of the suggestions we gave you about you know some things can take a couple weeks before you notice a change these are meant to work quickly Um, but none of them are meant for long-term use so they're only meant to be used on kind of like the one-offs where you might find yourself constipated maybe you're on shift work and the you just find yourself constipated Um, none of them are meant to be used over and over and over again um Examples of some of these medications are things like milk of magnesia, metamucil, colase, senecot. Uh, herbal teas that will help with constipation is senna, peppermint, ginger, licorice root, chamomile, some green teas. Again, um, using these to solve your constipation regularly is not recommended. Can I just, I just want to insert one thing there. Um, you mentioned Metamucil, uh, and I wanted to just say another fix that will do the same thing as Metamucil without the added, if, again, I'm all about ingredients. If you look at what's in Metamucil, there's a whole bunch of extra stuff besides psyllium. You can actually buy plain psyllium and add it to orange juice, um, and it will do the same thing without kind of, or water. I just find it's kind of gross mm. with water. But anyway, that was just one little thing that an instructor yeah. pointed out at one point. Yeah, that, you can buy it at Sobeys. Yeah, yeah. It's it's an easy easy thing, cheap. It's not that expensive either. It lasts forever. But um, instead of going for Metamucil, what's the other one? that There was another one that when I was pregnant, I remember somebody saying big thing but anyway you I mean if you can put the least amount of extra things you can't pronounce in your body the better it is so sorry there you go my little yeah <laughs> my little interruption sorry um and and one thing to keep in mind with these uh laxatives is that they can interact with other medications so depending on what you're on it can um, affect the effectiveness of those medications specifically antibiotics can be affected with the use of laxatives 
And if you're on an antibiotic for an infection, you really don't want to be no. interfering with that, no. that function. So something to be aware of. Pregnant women and children should not use laxatives without a doctor's recommendation. So essentially we're saying be careful. We, the using, the use of laxatives, while it might solve your short-term problem, actually increases the, the likelihood that you will get constipated again. That's crazy. I mean, it's interesting. It's, it's logical when you think about it, the whole use it or lose it yeah. If you thing. don't, the muscles in your bowel, if you don't use them, you will use, lose them. You know, think of the muscles in your arms. If you just don't use your arm, yeah. you lose those muscles. Um, now, having said that, we're certainly not suggesting that you go four, five, six no, no, days no, no, no. No, that's without a bowel deal. movement, and and on the premise that you know I'm I'm eating more fiber and I'm doing what I need to do and I'm not going to take a laxative. But I haven't gone to the bathroom in fourteen days, right? Yeah. Um, there are serious life-threatening conditions that can come from being constipated for an extended period of time. Perforated bowels can be from constipation it's a medical emergency and you need to seek help immediately so by no means are we suggesting that you suffer through being constipated it's um something any chances exactly um if you need to take a laxative take it just keep in mind that you know, you should be trying to implement some of these other suggestions to help prevent it from happening again. Yeah, but they're not they're not a long term solution. No, no. Um, again, if if you're constipated and you need that medical, you know, medication intervention, then by all means do it. Absolutely. And even if you are somebody that has chronic constipation, maybe it's because you have MS and, you know, it doesn't matter how much fiber you consume, the muscles in your intestine just are not working properly and you have to regularly take a laxative. Making those small changes that we talked about of increasing your water, increasing fiber, exercising, reducing stress will help you anyway. So you've really got nothing to lose by giving it a shot. And again, just to be clear, we're not suggesting you don't use a laxative if you need it. If you do, use it because the consequences could be serious. So Suzanne, um, I think we've touched on just about everything we wanted to. Maybe we should just do a quick summary and and uh, remind everybody what we talked about. Pull everything together. Uh, okay, so uh, we started off saying if you're not already having a number two every day, we really think this should be um, raising a red bit of a red flag for you. It's something you should pay attention to, and that's particularly important if you struggle with things like skin issues, di- digestive troubles, mood disorders, hormonal imbalance, or really anyone that has any illness or condition with chronic inflammation. Uh, we would love uh, everyone to make a point of, to become more aware and pay more attention to how often you go to the bathroom because it's not necessarily all about constipation. Um, the problem is if you're not kind of doing it on a regular basis, then that's where you'll end up. And, th- and then when you are constipated, lots of times you do need the medical interventions yeah. that are really hard on your body. And again, we're not telling you not to do it, but if you kind of pay attention to and make an effort to uh, go more often by doing the things that 
we suggested increase your water, eat more fruits and vegetables, move your body every day. Um, then you you'll oh and manage your stress and go when you feel like you gotta go for yeah. sure. Um, we we really just again want to bring it to your attention so that it's something that you pay attention to because I think it's really important. Um, also. You want to watch and be aware of how long you go in between bowel movements because when you get too long, as we said, it will develop into constipation and or more acute, super dangerous symptoms like blockages and even a perforated bowel. And as you said, that's a life-threatening for sure, right? That's a really big deal. Um, laxatives, herbal teas, stool softeners are all effective ways to give you um, more immediate relief and sometimes are just absolutely necessary, certainly when it's actual constipation. That's that's an issue for you. Um, just don't rely on them entirely because um, they, they don't necessarily address the root cause. They certainly will help you um, more immediately, but just they have, they come with their own set of as everything does, their their own set of things you have to be aware of and be careful of. Uh, is there anything else you can think of? Kim? Um, no, just start slowly. Don't you know? Expect it's going to change overnight. Even your habits will take time to, you know, change and develop. And good things come to those who wait. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And pay attention to how you feel. Um, That's you know, huge. It's, it's, Listen to your body. We're suggesting once a day. It is possible maybe that your body was only going to go once every two days. Um, but if it's becoming a problem, then there should be other symptoms that will become obvious. And, you know, see how you feel. Hmm. And if, hmm. if, if you're not feeling good or it doesn't feel right, then... Uh, you need to probably make some more changes. Take, take the steps. Yeah, my thing is just to understand what can happen if if it's not a regular thing. And again, for me, I'm big on the daily, um, trying to get to, to a daily point yeah. because um, because of what what actual bowel movements are are intended to do. And and again, getting things bad stuff out of your system, which is always a good thing. That's what always everybody, a good thing. Yeah, yeah. probably. So we're going to wrap it up again. Yeah. Number two. Number two. <laughs> done and done. We talked about number two on number two. <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, good. That was. Done we and dusted. We, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was totally on purpose. <laughs> so as we said last week, please check out our Facebook page and uh, Two Nutrition Gals and a Mic. And that's a great spot to put any comments or questions that you might have about this episode or anything else suggestions and suggestions yeah any play the uh, topics you'd like us to cover we really would love the feedback so have a great week and we'll be talking at you stay tuned yeah stay tuned for number three number three see you next week <laughs>